listening to Brains On, where we're serious about being curious. Brains On is supported in part by a grant from the National Science Foundation. Swan June is eight and a half years old. I met her at her house in Durham, North Carolina, and the first thing you should know about her is that she's really into fashion. Her drawings cover every wall of her bedroom, and she has notebooks full of fashion designs she's created. My thing, my hashtag, my whatever you call it, my being of life, no, <laughs> um, is goth cute. This means she loves to wear black, but also likes some sparkles and some pops of color. Her fashion designs showcase all different styles. And this was like one of my first drawings that I made with pants that actually looked good to me. <laughs> I like them. They're very stylish. This was like right when I, I was like learning about like eyebrows because mm. before I didn't do like eyebrows. Swan June makes clothes for her dolls out of socks and hot glue. And she has two cats. Shadow is all black, and Luna, she's black and white. She has, like, a white sort of tuxedo, Uh and in the front, she has boots, and in the back, she has socks. She knows some sign language and speaks Vietnamese. Matt is mom, Mo is dad. And she's worn hearing aids for pretty much her whole life. I got to hang out with her in her hometown to learn how hearing aids work, and she's here in the studio with me today to help me explain. I can't wait. You're listening to Brains On from APM Studios. I'm Molly Bloom, and my co-host today is Swan June from Durham, North Carolina. Hi, Swan June. Hi, Molly. Today's episode was inspired by a question that you sent to us. What was that question? My question was, how do hearing aids work? It's a very, very good question. I'm wondering how you came up with it. I came up with this question because I know some stuff about how ears and hearing work, but back then I didn't know that much about the science of hearing aids. So you wear hearing aids pretty much every day. Mm -hmm. Do you get kids asking you questions about them? Kids ask a lot of questions about my hearing aids, but the main question I get is, what are those things in your ears? So I have to explain (laughs) to every kid who asks why I need them and what they are. So I'm guessing you're pretty good at that now, since that must happen a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so what, how do you respond to them? Um, I respond like, well, my hearing is a little, I can't like hear as loud as most people can. So I need my hearing aids to help me hear better. Very good explanation. So can you describe, since this is a podcast, can you describe what your hearing aids look like? Uh, They're basically like um, something that's shaped like my ear um, that fits into my ear, but that's the hearing, like the mold, the ear mold. And then there's like a tube that comes up behind my ear that actually connects the real technology part of it that's rest behind my ear and that actually is the thing that like connects me to bluetooth and does like other stuff to help me hear better cool so it's it's basically like two main parts there's the part that goes inside like sort of nestles in your ear and that you call that the ear mold right yeah 
And then that's connected with a tube yeah. to the technology, and that rests behind your ear. Mm-hmm. There's a little tube that goes into your ear that sort of pipes that louder sound into mm-hmm. it. Yes. Got it. So how often do you get new hearing aids? Um, I get new hearing aids about every two years. We're going to hear all about that in just a little bit. But before we dive into how hearing aids work... Let's take a dive into an ear. I don't know. Those things can get pretty waxy and sticky. We don't have to actually go inside because I have our nifty Zoom Ray right here. Oh, yeah. Care to do the honors? On it. All right. We're zoomed in now on the outer ear. That's the bendy, squishy, swirly part of your ear that sticks off your head. This is also called the auricle or the pinna. Ear parts have very excellent names that we hardly ever use. So now's the time, everyone. The pinna is made of skin and cartilage. Cartilage is the flexible tissue that allows your ears to bend. It's also in your nose, in your knees and elbows, and other places in your body that need to be strong but bendy. All the swirls and bends in your outer ear also have names, but we don't need to get into those now. Okay, so moving on. Okay, fine, I'll tell you. The outer rim on top is the helix, underneath is the anti-helix, then the concha, the tragus, anti-tragus, and the lobule. Molly. Anywho, now let's zoom into the ear. Swanjoon, if you please. Happy to. Now, as we wind our way through the ear canal, what's underneath the skin goes from bendy cartilage to very firm bone. And at the end of this canal is the eardrum. It's really just a thin piece of tissue that stretches across the end of your ear canal like the top of a drum. This is the first stop for sounds entering your ear. Oh, Swanjoon, point the zoom ray at the air by my mouth for just a sec. Okay. Zoom? Zoom, like, way in. Holy cats, I can see all the molecules that make up the air. Yeah, even though air looks clear to us, it's made of stuff. Teeny, tiny molecules. Molecules are the building blocks that make up everything. This microphone, my black nail polish, the water, the air, everything. Right. And sound is made when air molecules vibrate and bang together. So when I go, ha, the vocal cords in my throat vibrate, which causes the air molecules around them to move at a certain speed. We call that speed the frequency. Oh, yeah. Different frequencies make different pitches. So if the molecules are vibrating really fast... At a high frequency... The sound is high. And if the molecules are vibrating slower, the frequency is lower... And the sound is lower. And depending on how loud a sound is, the molecules will vibrate with more or less strength. So when the sound leaves my mouth, it causes a little chain reaction in the air. Kind of like knocking dominoes over, but invisible. First, the air molecules by my mouth smack into each other, then those molecules hit into the ones next to them, and on and on until those vibrations reach the air molecules next to your eardrum. This chain reaction is called a sound wave. 
And when a sound wave hits this drum in your ear, it vibrates. But that's not where the story ends. Those vibrations pass on to other parts of the ear. The ultimate destination for these vibrations are teeny tiny hair cells inside the inner ear. Teeny tiny means we need to zoom again. Zoom away. These teeny tiny hair cells are topped with even teenier cells that stick straight up. They're so small that you can only see them with a microscope. And they kind of look like the pipes on a pipe organ or bristles on a toothbrush. Different hair cells specialize in picking up different sound frequencies. It's sort of like how a lock only opens with the right key. These cells only react if they feel the right frequency. So, when a hair cell senses the frequency it's designed to pick up, it sends a signal to the brain, and the brain figures out that it's hearing a sound. So next time you hear a dog bark, or a dog fart for that matter, think of the mighty journey that sound wave had to take to be heard. For people with some kinds of hearing loss, these tiny hair cells inside the ear might be damaged, meaning they might not be able to hear some frequencies at all, or in your case, Swanjun, the hair cells have a harder time picking up quieter sounds. And this is where hearing aids come in. Now, Swanjun, when we talked last time, you told me that your hearing aids are kind of like a superpower. Can you tell me a little bit about that superpower? Sure. My superpower is that I have a hearing aid, or hearing aids. It amplifies the frequencies that are harder for me to hear because the hairs that hear those frequencies didn't grow or got damaged. My hearing aids help me hear those specific sounds. It's sort of like a superpower because I can hear things sort of louder than everyone else can. That is very cool. So basically the way hearing aids work is that they take in those sounds around you and bump up the volume so it's easier for you to hear them, right? Did I get that right? Yes. So what does it feel like when you're wearing your hearing aids versus not wearing your hearing aids? When I'm not wearing my hearing aids, the world sounds sort of muted. And when I'm wearing my hearing aids, the sounds I already could hear before sound like a lot richer, like the difference between eating stale biscuits versus fresh biscuits. And then the sounds Ooh. that I couldn't hear without my hearing aids are like a whole, are like hearing basically like a whole new world. That's so cool. That's such a good way of describing it. So what, what are sort of some of the sounds that are really hard to hear without your hearing aids in? Um, like... Birds chirping, um, like the bells on a cat toy, um, and mm. like high-frequency sounds. So and you, when we were talking last time, you described it as sort of like surrounded by a dotted line? Uh-huh. So like basically, you know it's supposed to be there, but you can't hear it. Like, you know it's there, but you can't hear it. Like, but your brain sort of makes that sound up, but it can't um, copy the sound that you know you're, that you know you're supposed to be hearing exactly. Gotcha. Because like you've heard it with your hearing aid, and so your brain's kind of like, I've mm-hmm. heard this before, but like I'm not hearing it right now. Yeah, and your brain sort of is scared of you missing something, so your brain makes up the um, dotted line, like basically like the skeleton of the sound, but it isn't able to, like, copy it exactly. 
That is very, very cool. So when babies are born, they're given a few tests to see how their bodies are working now that they're out in the world. One of these tests checks their hearing. Yeah, when I got this test as a baby, my parents and doctors learned that there were some sounds that were tough for me to hear. And then later, you got some more specialized tests and got your first pair of hearing aids. Yep, and as I grow and change, so do my hearing aids. Before we learn more about all the awesome things your hearing aids can do, it's time for the mystery sound. Mystery sound. You ready? Here it is. What is your guess? It sounded a lot like sloshing water, so maybe mm-hmm. like in a bathtub, but I also think I heard like a bunk in there, so like maybe like taking out the um thingy-wingy that blocks the drain. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm, the stopper, yeah, something like that? Yeah, the stopper, uh, like maybe like in a bathtub, like you're swimming, mm-hmm. and then you take out the stopper. I think I do prefer the term thingy-wingy, though, so we'll just call it that. That is a really good guess. Well, we will listen to it again after the credits and give you another chance to guess. But we're not done yet. It's only fitting that an episode all about sounds and hearing would have two mystery sounds. And this next one is a mystery sound that you sent to us, Swan June. So this one is for our listeners to guess. Here it is. So, Swan June, do you have any hints you'd like to give our listeners? It involves my hearing superpower. Mm, excellent hint. We will have Swan June reveal the answer right after this short break. Hey, friends, we're working on an episode all about friendship. Friendship is an amazing part of being a human. And listeners, we want to hear from you. Tell us. What makes a good friend? Record your thoughts. We'll be featuring some of your answers on this upcoming episode. Send them to us at brainson.org slash contact. And while you're there, you can send us questions you'd like us to answer on the show, mystery sounds, and drawings. Brainson.org slash contact is where we got this question. What do zookeepers feed bigger snakes such as pythons? You can find an answer to that question on our Moment of Um podcast. It's a short dose of facts and fun every weekday. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts. And keep listening. You're listening to Brains On from APM Studios. I'm Swan June. And I'm Molly. Let's go back to Swan June's mystery sound one more time. We'll let you think about it for a second. Okay, Swan June, what is the answer? The answer is the feedback from my hearing aid and, like, um, turning it on. There's, like, this click sound when you turn it on, like you um, 
connect the battery to the um, rest of the hearing aid. And um, there's also like this little melody that you heard before mm -hmm. that that alert tells me that it's on and working so that I know. That's a very pleasant melody. I like it. When does that feedback sound happen in your like day-to-day -day life? Um, it happens when the ear mold is not fitting tightly in my ear and the microphone in the hearing aid is hearing the sounds loop back on itself from the gap. So when this mm. happens, I know I need new ear mold because it's loose in my ear or I know I need to just shove it back in there. <laughs> nice. So does that happen a lot or just like occasionally? Um, a lot. Is that a sound that you find irritating you like it's, you don't think anything of it because you hear it all the time like how do you feel about that sound? I mean my parents find it annoying honestly but um for me it's I don't really mind it that much mm -hmm. so like it so can you tell us a little bit sort of about your daily hearing aid routine we heard you turn it on and so like what happens when you wake up in the morning so say it's a school day um, and I have to put my hearing aids in. I wear them for the rest of the day until it's nighttime and I take them out. Sometimes my mom or dad have to clean the molds. The molds, not the technology part because they can't go in water. Um, the molds in soap and water with like a toothbrush with bristles. Um, and then I put them in a special box that has a dehumidifier so that like they can dry out from the wax that might be wet mm -hmm. in my ear. Um, yeah, hearing aids can't go into the water, so when I take a bath or do anything that risks my hearing aids getting wet, I have to take them out. That's okay, though. My hearing without a hearing aid is better than some other people's, which makes me lucky. I can swim in the pool and be able to hear people pretty well. Some other people couldn't. brains on your hearing aids keep you company pretty much all day every day and have since you were very little. And part of having hearing aids, especially as a kid, is regular checkups. Kids are growing and changing all the time. The hearing aids that I wore when I was five would definitely not fit me now. So Swan Jun and her mom, Hong An, invited me to tag along for Swan Jun's most recent appointment. That's pediatric audiologist Dr. Danielle Doyle. She specializes in helping kids with hearing loss. So just start by telling us how things have been going with your, your ears and your hearing lately. Pretty good. I had like a um, ear canal infection. I oh. heard that you had an infection. It was pretty painful, wasn't it? Is it getting better now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, um, I didn't wear my hearing aid after that because I think it's too small because I think the reason I got it was, like, because I kept, like, moving it around mm -hmm. and then scratching it. So it was itching and you were scratching it. So it might be time for some new ear molds, it sounds like. Okay. Okay. So, Swanjun, tell us again, what is the ear mold? An ear mold is a piece of, like, rubbery plastic that shaped exactly, like, the shape of my ear that helps the sound get into my ear. So, so that has to fit just right for the hearing aid to work well. But before you could get a new ear mold, you got your hearing tested. So the plan for today is we'll look in your ears and see how they look. And then we'll do our pressure test over there called tympanometry. And that lets us see that your eardrums are healthy and moving. And then we will um, put your earphones in your ears. 
and have you listen for all those different beeps and sounds, okay? Does that sound good? And you'll let us know when you hear them, even if they're really soft. And we may, if, if we're still feeling feeling good about everything, we might have you repeat some words back for us too. Okay. Okay. Does that sound like a good plan? Okay. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> so they put in your ears these special medical earbuds that you said were squishy like marshmallows, and they played a bunch of sounds for you. And you got to whack a big button on the table whenever you heard one. Next comes the part where they say words to me and I repeat them. Playground. Baseball. Airplane. Ice cream. Outside. Sidewalk. Birthday. Some of those words are words that can sound very similar to each other yes. or mm-hmm. words that sound similar to other words. So there might just be one letter if you're one letter off, you could have a completely different word. And so it's just yeah. testing to make sure that the listener can hear all of those different sounds very clearly at a comfortably loud level. Yeah. Um, but did you hear how we were switching up the different pitches? We went from lower lower pitches to higher pitches and then like also softer and louder sound. sounds too. Yeah. Lots, sounds, and there's also yeah. some static noise sometimes too. Yeah. Just to make it a little bit more interesting. <laughs> So now that you're eight and a half, you just listen to sounds and push a button. But when you were getting these tests as a toddler, you weren't able to do that. So, you know, you can't remember exactly what that test was like because you were so young. So Dr. Doyle did describe it for us. Here's what she said. Well, when they're very little babies, um, before they have any kind of developmental head and neck control, we actually do a test where they're asleep. They put tiny sensors on the baby's head that lets them see how the baby's brain responds or doesn't respond to certain sounds. So it's just a way to get a hearing test on on anyone of any age, really, who isn't able to do the games in the booth. When they're babies and they can actually turn and look at the sounds, um, we have them turn to a sound that we're playing from that speaker you just saw. And then when they turn and look toward the sound, they're actually rewarded by seeing those those little boxes in the rooms with animals that light up. It's like a reward. So every time they they hear it and they turn, they get to see something fun. But now we have to do it just to listen and press the button. The big kid way. The big kid way. How do you feel about the big kid boring way? (laughs) You're so good at it now. (laughs) So your hearing aids are really important for helping you hear certain sounds. But starting when you were a baby, you also worked a lot with a special teacher. I know you can't remember way back then so well, so your mom and dad described it for us. She got assigned like a social worker slash teacher of the deaf from the time she was four months. So Renee... Our amazing Renee worked with her from age four months to three years old, once a week coming to our house and doing all kinds of activities. Like we would have to do these like drills with her, like with the S. I I didn't remember like the, I can't believe I can't remember now because it was so. The Ling sounds. The Ling sounds, that's it. These are the, these are the sounds that are basically the hardest for the human ear to hear in speech. Like Exactly, exactly. So, Swanju, can you tell us what these Ling sounds are? Yep. The sounds are A, U, E, M, Sh, and S. 
Excellent. So when we're babies, our brains are soaking up so much information. So it's really important to start working on these sounds as soon as possible. Well, and that's like the importance of the early intervention, because basically she's never missed, you know, all of her, the brain connections to connect the sound to what it means is all there, you know. So if they'd waited, she might have missed the S. Yes. That would be really hard for her. Exactly. And she, you would hear that in how she speaks, exactly. Yeah, it would drop out because mm-hmm. she never heard it. Yeah, right? yeah. exactly. <laughs> Whereas now, even without the hearing aids, even if she, and I noticed this, when she doesn't have the hearing aids in, there's still some words that she'll not, she'll confuse, right, if I don't clearly say it um, or I slur the sounds. But also from reading about people with deafness, describing their own experiences, they talk about how then once they know what it's supposed to sound like, their brain fills it in. So even if her ears don't pick it up fully, then even without the hearing aids, her brain will just slot in the missing sound and be like, that's a plural based on context. So Swanjun, do you still work with a special teacher like that? Or was that just when you were first learning to talk? Well, I still do, um, but like not the same way. It's at school. Um, I have a special teacher, a teacher of the deaf, that helps me with hearing aids. Right now we're like working on learning sign language. That's very cool. So this one June, I called Dr. Doyle to ask her a few more questions after our appointment. And did you know that she also has hearing loss and wears hearing aids? Um, no. I didn't know that. Yeah, so she has worn hearing aids since kindergarten, still does. And we asked her, you know, what it was like for her when she started wearing hearing aids. So my hearing loss was actually not identified until I didn't pass hearing screening at my pediatrician's office uh, right before going into kindergarten. So you can't remember a time without your hearing aids, but Dr. Doyle didn't get them until she was a little bit older. (laughs) Life-changing. I, I don't remember anyone ever being unkind to me because of my hearing aids or my hearing loss. Um, I think that I probably imagined that people noticed a lot more than they did. Um, you know, because when you're a kid, you you don't necessarily want to have something different that stands out to people. And so I think I sort of projected some of that on myself and um, maybe closed myself up a little bit because of it. Um, and then I think once there was a little bit more maturity and self-awareness. I realized that not wearing the hearing aids was actually impacting me socially more than wearing them because I was missing inside jokes and I was missing things that people were saying to me. And that was actually impacting my relationships more than just answering a simple question about, you know, why do I wear hearing aids would have been. So are there any kids in your class now at school that have hearing aids? Um, no. What does that feel like to be the only one in your class with hearing aids? Well, it would be nice to have some other hearing aid wearers in my class or in my school, but I don't really mind because I like feel confident in my difference and I feel supported by my teachers and friends. That is really great. If there are kids who feel shy about having a difference, whether it be hearing aids or something else, do you have any advice for them about how to maybe feel more confident? Um... I'd say just, like, don't really stress it a lot. It's not really going to change about you, and you should be proud of it. It, like, 
makes you part of a community that a lot of other people aren't part of. That's really good advice. Yeah, it's like everyone has differences in some way, even if you can't see them as readily. So there's nothing to be shy about. Dr. Doyle says that hearing aids have improved a lot since she was young. They used to just take in every sound around a person and make everything louder. So that could be tough in crowded places like restaurants because it would feel really noisy. But now hearing aids have special computer chips inside them that allow them to be totally customized for each person. Yeah, my hearing aids take the sounds that are tough for me to hear and boost those specific frequencies. So, using your test results, we were actually able to make a simulation of what it sounds like for you when you're not wearing your hearing aids. This is the sentence we used. It's the same sentence used to test your hearing aids. It's special because it contains every sound in the English language. So, here's what the sentence sounds like when you're wearing your hearing aids. A carrot is a long, reddish-yellow vegetable, which has several thin leaves on a long stem and which belongs to the parsley family. Carrots are grown all over the world, in gardens, and in the wild, in the fields. And here's what it would sound like without your hearing aids in a noisy room. A carrot is a long, reddish-yellow vegetable which has several thin leaves on a long stem, and which belongs to the parsley family. Carrots are grown all over the world in gardens and wild in the fields. And here's what it would sound like without your hearing aids in a quiet room. A carrot is a long reddish-yellow vegetable which has several thin leaves on a long stem and which belongs to the parsley family. Carrots are grown all over the world in gardens and in the wild in the fields. It's cool to be able to hear just how powerful those hearing aids are and how they're adjusted just for you. Dr. Doyle also measured how air moves through your ear and was able to make adjustments based on the shape of your ear canal, too. And my hearing aids also have Bluetooth, so I can get TV shows or games or even the voice of my teacher piped right into my ears. After the hearing aids were all set, it was time for the most fun part. Getting new ear molds! The ear molds have to fit in your ear just right so that they're comfortable and we don't get that feedback and we make sure the sounds are going to the right spot in your ears. I'm just looking in your ear with my light first, okay? Mm-hmm. All right. And this is my cotton block that I'm going to put in your ear. It protects your eardrum. You don't want any of this pink, goopy stuff on your eardrum. This is just a light, Mm -hmm. so I can see where I'm pushing in, okay? Mm -hmm. Just wiggling it in your ear a little bit. So then I'm going to mix my two materials together. The pink and the white mix it together, and it actually starts the chemical reaction that makes it start to harden. That's how it it hardens and dries in your ears. When we pull it out, it keeps its shape. And we can send that to the air mold company to make the colors that you want. Does that sound good? Mm -hmm. Mushing it all around. (laughs) Does it have like a technical name? 
besides the squishy stuff? Or? Does it have a technical name? <laughs> I know. We call it squishy stuff all day long. It, it is squish potatoes. It's silicone. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Can I feel it? You want to feel it? Yeah. All right. We have to work kind of quickly because it starts to dry up on us and then it gets yeah. really hard to push out of this syringe when it gets dry. Go, 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 go. Go, 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 go. All right. You ready? Okay, sit nice and still for me. What does it feel like when it goes in there? I think it feels like cold mashed potatoes. <laughs> you would never want those in your ear, but that's what I think it feels like. It feels like... Slime in your ear, except Slime. play doh in your ear. Play doh, yeah. Really soft play doh. Sort of feels good. It's like a massage. So, since I last saw you, Swan June, you now have shiny new hearing aids. Can you describe them for me, please? My hearing aid molds have like a swirly mix of pink, white, and black. Goth cutie. That's goth cutie. I love it. So yeah, so you got to pick new colors. We picked the pink, white, and black because of your goth cute aesthetic. Your ear molds used to be like more of like a solid kind of like chunk that you put yeah. in your ear. Mm-hmm. But now it's almost like like a scaffolding sort of that fits in your ear and there's like air can move through. And that's because you're bigger now, right? Because those are yeah. like more for older kids. Yeah, because um, I probably wouldn't have been able to get them when I was younger because... I would have been able to just take it right out. Um, and actually, that did happen once in the airport. I lost one of my hearing aids, but yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I'm impressed it's only happened once. Mm-hmm. That's really great. What is your favorite thing about your hearing aids? Um, I think my favorite thing about my hearing aids is like they're like a superpower. And what do you want kids who listen to today's episode to remember or learn? Um... I want people to, like, learn and know more about, like, hearing aids and how they work and just what they even are. I feel like they're, they're like, so rare and have such great technology. I don't really, like, want—I don't want the knowledge to be, like, lost or hidden. My hearing aids pick up the frequencies that are tough for me to hear and make them louder. Hearing aids today are customized for each person wearing them, and they even have Bluetooth so people can hear all different types of sounds right in their ears, like the dialogue in a movie or their teacher speaking. Sounds are made by vibrating ear modules. The vibration travels from the source of the sound all the way to our eardrums, sometimes going through a hearing aid first. That's it for this episode of Brains On. This episode was produced by Molly Bloom, Rosie DuPont, Anna Goldfield, Nico Gonzalez-Whistler, and Mark Sanchez. This episode was sound designed by Rachel Breeze and engineered by Josh Savageo and Al Wadarski. Our editors are Shayla Farzan and Sandin Totten, and our executive producer is Beth Perlman. The executives in charge of APM Studios are Chandra Kavati, Joanne Griffith, and Alex Shaffert. Special thanks to Hong N. Jun, Dwayne Dixon, Danielle Doyle, and Matt Wynn. Brains On is a non-profit public radio program. If you like the show, head to brainson.org. While you're there, you can tell your friends about us. Send in your drawings. Donate or subscribe to our Smarty Pass. Add free episodes just for you. Head to brainson.org. Now let's go back to that mystery sound again.
what new thoughts do we have? Um, I don't know, but I also just thought of like a pond with like fish swimming in it too. So like, I don't know. So you're like definitely sure there's water. We know that much. Yeah, I think. Okay. (laughs) You ready for the answer? Yeah. Okay, here it is. Hi, my name is Colin, and I'm from Hamilton, Ontario, and that was the sound of me paddling in my canoe. So you were totally right. There was water in a pond, okay, <laughs> except it was in a canoe with a paddle. So that, like, I think you heard that sound when you were talking about the wing, the thingy-wingy yeah. or the stopper mm-hmm. was that, was the paddling. Mm. Good work. Yeah. That's not yeah. an easy one. Now it's time for the Brain's Honor Roll. These are the incredible kids who keep this show going with their questions, ideas, mystery sounds, drawings, and high fives. Adeline from South Williamsport, Pennsylvania, Lillian Addy from Colorado Springs, Margaret, Abigail, and Benjamin from Alexandria, Minnesota, Theo and Izzy from New Jersey, Hattie, Amos, and Iggy from St. Paul, Minnesota, Michael and Willow from Tulsa, Oklahoma, Clementine and Elliot from Sarasota, Florida, Lucia from New York, Mir from Portland, Oregon, Elliot from Astoria, New York, Henry from Lexington, Kentucky, Heath from Paso Robles, California, Charlie from Alpine, Utah, Percy from Broadstairs, UK, Jinga from Bandung, Indonesia, Alexis from Elko, Minnesota, Gia and Rahul from Durban, South Africa, Journey from East St. Louis, Illinois, Ada from Delta, Colorado, Alexander from Portland, Oregon, Peach from Nolunbai, Australia, Olivia from Saratoga Springs, Utah, Evelyn and Luke from Chicago, Mirabelle from St. Petersburg, Florida, Apollo from Avon, Indiana, Tanya from Kansas City, Jackson and Addison from Marietta, Georgia, Alice and Arlo from Northampton, Massachusetts, Avery from Parker, Colorado, Sarai and Al from Bridgewater, New Jersey, Rian and Ayan from Melbourne, Australia, Annabelle from Birmingham, Alabama, Emmy and Nate from Philadelphia, Zoe from New York City, Francis from Maple Grove, Minnesota, Anna from Round Rock, Texas, Violet from Sydney, Australia, Rosa and Cosimo from New York City, Obeth from Chicago, Shiloh from Perth, Australia, Zoe and Alex from Wellington, New Zealand, Malachi from Sturgis, Michigan, Miro from Berkeley, California, Audrey and Walty from Sydney, Australia, Ben from Toronto, May from Winchester, Massachusetts, Simone from New York, Kenny from Playa del Rey, California, Hudson from Surrey, British Columbia, Jack and Teddy from Evergreen, Colorado, Henry from Nanaimo, British Columbia, Finn and Nolan from Johannesburg, South Africa, Leo and Claire from Orlando, Aiden from Lee Wooten, UK, Maxwell from Houston, Texas, Jed from Fort Worth, Texas, Tages from Philadelphia, Luna from Fairfield, Kentucky, Ishalo from Cambridge, Massachusetts, Logan from Divide, Colorado, Isadora from Durham, North Carolina, Aoife from Ottawa, Ontario, Isabel from Singapore, Cleo from Baltimore, Caleb, Tatum, and Waverly from Mission Viejo, California, and Zadie from Cumming, Georgia. We'll be back next week with more answers to your questions. Thanks for listening.